Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, special edition of the program today. On the phone with me, I have Mark Jones. He is a pastor at Faith Reformed Presbyterian Church in Vancouver. He also has his PhD from Leiden University. He's the author of several books, including Knowing Christ, God is and faith, hope, and love. Now, like I said, he's going to be one of our speakers at our upcoming Boise Reformation Conference. This is going to be held November 8th and 9th. The theme is In Christ Alone. All the details for the conference, including how to register, are at reformationboise.com. So, Mark, thank you so much for being on the program today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. And also, I have my cohort in the studio with me, Pastor Russ Herman. How are you doing, brother? I'm doing well. You probably won't hear my voice very often, and that's probably better. <laughs> so, um, Mark, you're going to be teaching the first session of the conference, um, our union with Christ. Um, so can you just kind of introduce this subject to us? What, what does the Bible mean when it says that we have a union with Christ? Well, it's uh, it's actually a, quite a prominent theme. So, uh, like, there's many doctrines we believe and, and hold to where uh, you have to do a bit of scratching around to, to kind of find um, the, the truth. But with union with Christ, it's almost one of those doctrines where it just jumps out of the pages into your face of, of how clear it is for, for Paul and, and others uh, in the Scriptures. So, uh, being in Christ, uh, I think Paul calls his uh, readers often saints, who are people who are set apart uh, by God and for God. So he addresses them as in Christ in, in so many different places. And um, it basically, in its very basic expression, uh, speaks of the, the closeness between the, the Lord and his people, or the bond between the Lord and his people. And, and this Union is actually affected um, in a Trinitarian manner, but especially uh, the highlight point, I think, is the fact that we actually are united to Jesus Christ specifically uh, through faith. And uh, those are, that's the kind of, you know, the bare bones of the doctrine. What implications does our union with Christ have? Um, in terms of, like, I mean, maybe can you flesh out some of the truths of, of Romans chapter 6? I mean, what's Paul's kind of baseline argument for, because you have union with Christ, this means this, this, and this? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, there's, I should have said it in my first answer, there are a number of uh, aspects to union with Christ, because we have um, you know, like a union with Christ in eternity. It's uh, the 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 old theologians used to say there's a an imminent union or a or a predestinarian union, and then there's a a union where um, we're uh, federally 
united to Christ so that when he goes to the cross, and this is what Romans 6 kind of um, gets at, but um, that when Christ died, we died with him. And even though we didn't have our actual existence, this is um, the sort of um, transient was the fancy word that theologians used, imminent, transient, and then they, uh, and, and that was just speaking about like Christ's redemptive historical work, how we had a union with him. And then the, the, the key point is the, the, the mystical union or the existential union. And so that, that union that we have through faith and, um, Romans 6 uh, bridges that between the sort of redemptive historical union and the mystical union. It, it speaks about how, you know, we can look to when Christ died, we died with him, and therefore, um, as Christ died to sin, we ourselves die to sin. And so he becomes the pattern uh, of our own Christian living, in a sense, and, and that's why union in, in Romans 6 and in other places is so crucial for the Christian life, because it has a Christ-centered focus and gives us the reason why we can die to sin is because Christ has conquered sin and died to sin himself in that sense. So um, that would be you know, one aspect. Mark, when these are all incredible biblical truths. Was Do you remember a time when when there was an aha moment for you where you first just grasped this this doctrine for yourself personally? Yeah, I think for me it was uh, it was really at a point where you're, you're reading, and this has happened to a lot of people, I think, who, who, who've read John Calvin, and, and they get to, to book three of the Institutes and... Uh, on the Holy Spirit, and, and you kind of realize that, uh, as Calvin said, that everything that Christ did for us and suffered for us and all of that is really of no value or no consequence to the Christian life until we are actually in union with Him. And, and then when you are in union with Him, you don't receive the part of Christ, you receive the whole Christ. And so everything is ours uh, once we're united to Him, even though all of the blessings we receive from him may not be realized at that point. They are ours. And so I, I didn't really understand that um, until Calvin got me going on it. And then you start to read other theologians. And, and I think union with Christ wasn't really on my radar screen and really uh, became popular, I would say, about 10, 15 years ago. People started talking about it. And I think for the last 10 years, it's, it's really blossomed in literature and in pastor, um, pastoral theology and, and preaching. So um, I'm just glad to have been in this, in this sort of era when maybe 20, 30 years ago, it just wasn't talked a lot. Other than Calvin, what, what have been some of the, the most meaningful books um, for you personally, and, and what would you recommend for especially somebody that's just putting their toes in the water? Uh, well, I've, I, I mean, the Puritans, it, they would talk a lot about communion, so there is an aspect of union with Christ where it, it, it relates to how we commune with, with God, and so because we are in union with Christ, we can commune with God, so that would obviously, if you're looking at the Puritans, for example, you would, you would go to John Owen's communion with God, and I would say, you know, read the Crossway edition um, where they've updated it, edited it, and and it's just easier to read. And and there you you get a really good understanding of how 
you know, one of the preeminent Puritans understood the implications of what it is to live the Christian life in union uh, with with God. But, you know, you, you'll find other books. Um, Sinclair Ferguson does a good job uh, of highlighting the practical benefits of union with, with Christ in, in, in some of his works. And uh, and and generally, you know, there, there are some more... Um, Academic versions, but I, I would I would try to stick to um, starting out with John Owen. I know that sounds a bit crazy, to be honest, but the, the updated edition by Crossway I think makes it um, e- e- easier work for the for the average Christian to to see why this doctrine is just so important. On the phone today with us, we have uh, Mark Jones. He is one of the pastors at Faith Reformed Presbyterian Church in Vancouver. He has a PhD from Leiden University. He's going to be one of our speakers at our upcoming 2019 Boise Reformation Conference. And we are talking about the first session that he is going to be covering, which is our union with Christ. Um, Mark, um, another question I wanted to ask, how does our union with Christ affect our relationship with other believers? Very good question, and the, the, there's, an, there's an easy answer, and there's a probably a more difficult answer. The, the easy answer is that when you realize that you all belong to the same Savior, and that you belong to Christ, you necessarily belong to each other. That that's the that's the theoretical, but it's it's, it's true. It's the real aspect, but it's it, it's a truth that you have to embrace that you are in union with the same Savior and part of the same body, and therefore you have obligations to one another uh, as far as the body's concerned. And and I think the little more tricky aspect about that is, is really just acting like that is true. So we can would love to talk about union with Christ, and 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 some people will pontificate and and come up with great quotes and and debate the order of salvation and when union happens. But at the end of the day, you know, if you don't really believe that you belong to somebody in a in a in a very unique manner, that is, you belong to the same Savior who gives you life and as Spirit lives in you, and you actually treat people as though they. <laughs> Uh, are in union with you. It's 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 really a doctrine that um, doesn't mean a whole lot unless you're going to practice it. So um, that for me is the the key. It's it's not the not just the theoretical but the practical. Right. Do you are you aware of any ways that we as evangelicals functionally undermine um, that this doctrine of our union with Christ within you know within the church today? Well, we <laughs> that, that's obviously a, a little more of a tricky question, um, mainly because for me it's hard to it's hard to talk about you know problems that evangelicals um, do because a how difficult evangelical is as a term to navigate and, and also how the church in so many different places, even states of, of the United States uh, versus Canada versus the rest of the world, how, you know, there's different trends that I see uh, uh, traveling quite quite a lot. So in terms of undermining, uh, I think sometimes our one way, let me say, would be our ecclesiology. So uh, I think we can undermine our union with Christ by having a, a type of ecclesiology where our church is so crashly independent from everyone else that it's like 
we're an island unto ourselves. So uh, now I think you can be an, a congregationalist or independent church and still do this well, and you can be a Presbyterian church and do it poorly. But for me, um, having real relationships with other pastors, other churches, and feeling like there's a a sense of obligation to them mm-hmm. on the ecclesiastical level, that would be probably the major area of weakness among evangelicals is the highly personalized uh, yes. aspect of how they view salvation rather than the corporate manner, which extends even beyond the local body to other local bodies. Uh, and I think that's why Presbyterianism aims to at least help in that regard or other types of uh, Reformed um, ecclesiology. Yeah. You know, Sinclair Ferguson in his book, The Whole Christ, he talked about how we can divorce the benefits of Christ from Christ himself. We have about 60 seconds. Can you talk about that? Well, we can. uh, For me, I would say that a lot of times we want to talk about um, salvation and and, and how am I saved and and what I'm saved from, you know, that I'm justified and I'm I'm sanctified and stuff, but I really think that it's it's more proper to say that the or the order of salvation is actually in Christ, in the sense that you know Christ died to sin, Christ was vindicated at the at the cross at the um, out of the tomb, and He was the one who was glorified, and and so when we put our faith in Christ and united to Him, we realize that everything that was true of Him becomes true of us, mm. and so you're focusing more on his person and not just his work. And so for me, the, the key is to zero in on who Christ is, love him for who he is, and then his work naturally flows out of that, rather than just loving his work and not dwelling enough upon his person. So that would be for me the you, thank you, Dr. Jones, Mark, for, for being with us. This will wrap up this edition. We'll have another interview um, air tomorrow. But thank you for your time, and once again, Reformation Boise Conference, November 8 and 9. Go to reformationboise.org, and you can find out information and register, and we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks. 